Ghost, and we're live on the air with Karina Curry for the first time. Thank you, and welcome to the Fan Electric Ghost podcast. Well, thank you so much, Phantom. Thank you for having me. Um, well, um, my we're going to have a, a pretty good conversation today. We like to have these. Yep, go ahead. No, go ahead. Now, what were you going to say about your name? Did I get it wrong? No, no, you're you're very correct. I mean, uh, a lot of people have don't say it correct, so you did a good job. Oh, good. <laughs> so, so I want to let people know we are a um, featured podcast on the Newsly platform. You can see that icon up there. It says, listen on Newsly. If you use coupon code GHOST and get one month free premium subscription for those of you who are listening, that's on audio only platform. Um, also want to let people know this is actually episode 991 of the Family Electric Ghost podcast, tracking on Apple Podcasts since 2016, getting close to our episode 1000. And again, we want to show you your URL, which is www.karina.life forward slash home one. That will be fully clickable when we're published on all major podcast platforms. But if someone clicks on that URL, what do they find there if they click on the URL? Where they're gonna find uh, my web my my website that talks about what kind of service I offer to my clients because I am a um, coach. Uh, I, I call myself a life guide, not a life coach. I'm a life guide. I use uh, holistic methods and I help people. I empower people to have the life they desire and deserve. So they're gonna hear a little bit about what uh, what I offer and. Um, also offer a free meditation and they can uh, book a 30 minute call with me to see if we're a good fit to work together. Um, they also will find a link to my new book, Awakening, a journey from medication to meditation. Well, that's awesome. And we want to talk about what we're going to talk about tonight is um like the focus is integrative approaches to mental health beyond the antidepressant <clears throat> and like you said you're you're a holistic um author and um you have a different type of coaching method and we maybe want to give people a background um into your um approaches on mental health because you have integrative approaches and the, the concept of beyond the antidepressant maybe you want to start there maybe with your background however you want to kick off okay so I, um, let me just tell you a little bit of my story. I moved here when I was 18 years old uh, so from Brazil. I'm an immigrant and uh, uh, my dreams were to be a horse trainer. And, you know, life happens and that didn't turn out to be um, my destiny, but that's okay. Uh, it was a blessing in disguise, but I, I lived, right? I had a life and things happened. And so I just went through a lot of hardships. I got married. I got went through a really hard divorce with two children, you know, no money, no family, no, I just got really depressed. And my, my friends kind of having an intervention and I, I didn't have all this knowledge that I have today about mental health and health in general. 
So I didn't know which way to go or who to reach out to. So my friends were like, you got to do something. You can't live like this. So um, a friend of mine, it's married to a doctor and he had a friend who was a psychiatrist. So I went to see her and you, um, anybody that had dealt with mental health, you know, you go to um, the doctor and they have a short call with you, a short conversation with you. And then they go, okay, well, you're depressed. Let's start you on medication. Um, and then you come back in two weeks and then we talk about, and you, I went back in two weeks and I said, it's not working. So, okay, well, let's up your dose. Um, then you go back in two more weeks. What's well, not working. Well, let's up your dose. So mm. by the time it was over, I was taking the highest, um, dose of the antidepressants. Then I couldn't sleep. So then it's like, okay, we're going to put you in this other medication to sleep. So now I'm starting having panic attacks because I'm in so much medication. I don't know. I mean, I'm just a zombie, right? I'm not living. I'm surviving. So yeah. now we're going to give you Xanax. So you can, you know, you can have a life during the day. Well, now my gut is not working. So they're like, okay, well, here's more yeah, medication. You need something else for that. Exactly. Yeah. And then you get on the whole, yeah, the pharmaceutical train, which a lot of people, I think they get driven to holistic medicine and to naturopathic medicine and other alternatives to Western pharmaceutical. Because the pharmaceutical puts you on a train, you need a pill for the after effects of another pill, of another pill, and another pill. And then you don't feel good. Like you're not feeling like, what are you living to be on these pills or are you living to be who you want to be? You know, and so I think uh, it's, it's it's very interesting what happens because you know a lot of people I deal with a lot of musicians, a lot of creative people, and you know a lot a lot of our issues we turn into music. We do art therapy to kind of solve it, and so the art therapy of writing a song or doing a painting or being a photographer or being an actor, but it still doesn't really resolve it. So so a lot of times you still have to go to therapy or you have to look for something else and i think it's like you were talking about how that road to finding out that you needed some kind of help but now now you started to go toward these like pharmaceuticals weren't doing it so maybe you can talk about the holistic uh approach of health and wellness it's probably like like a bigger picture exactly so um for 10 years you know i was in this train like you said and um but i i knew that eventually i was gonna have to do something well you know synchronicities of the universe um i had um a coach a health a, a holistic therapist that i met and i felt like it was time for me to change my life you know because i was following these patterns of my parents and i kept dating these uh i have this these relationships that are always the same issues right well i didn't know that all that had to do with inner inner child trauma, trauma from childhood, you know, that it stays in your subconscious. And until you face that, you heal that part of you, you keep falling in these traps, right? Mm -hmm. And it causes depression. Also, the food you eat can cause depression. Um, if you're not exercising, there's so many things that can cause depression. But my my case was all 
you know, trauma from childhood, trauma from relationships. And I was bringing that on myself. I like to tell people you are in control of your life, but sometimes you don't know what you don't know. Right. So back then I didn't know. So she felt, you know, I, I met her and, um, it changed my life. I start, she started teaching me all these holistic ways to live and to, uh, ways to heal. Now I started healing this trauma and facing all that pain and the guilt and all that stuff and releasing that all. And, and, but the, the psychiatrist didn't wouldn't let me, it would not, uh, I went to her and I said, I want to get off the medication. She didn't think that was a good idea. So I create my own protocol and I got off medication, um, through lots of methods of holistic things, you know, that I teach my clients how to do. And I am the happiest I've ever been now. So after 10 years, and I like to teach people to get off medication because it is, you take one, it has a side effect. Well, these things, they don't, they don't really tell you. I don't know if you ever watch those, um, uh, drug, uh, drugs, commercials, you know, they'll tell you, are you sad? Are you feeling this way? Well, we all feel sad sometimes, right? But then the side effects go really fast, you know, where you can't yeah. really pay attention it's a to long it. List. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, the doctors don't really tell you. They just give you the pills and they don't tell you the side effects. Well, I'm still dealing with side with, effects that from that yeah. all those years of being on those medications. So I tell people, take charge of your health, take charge of your life, ask questions, you know, try holistic ways because it's proof and meditation um uh being in touch with nature eating a, a more balanced diet or all those things are proven to help with depression and then let's well, think like, what's causing that depression right let's get to the yeah. root of the cause so you're like root cause was like i talked to a lot of people by inner child and then um limiting beliefs you know beliefs that you think are truths because somebody tells you you're not good enough as a child or you're never going to do this or they don't love you or whatever. And you take it as a child, you're going to take something and then you believe it. Like, so it's like, like you're never going to be good enough. And then you never think you're good enough. Then you never think you're good enough for anybody. Then you get into, you know, codependency and then you're self-limiting. You create your own glass ceiling where you keep on repeating the same pattern by going to the same person that doesn't really solve it or thinking that somebody else is going to solve it when you actually have to, so resolve the inner child and a lot of times that what we find you know as 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 you know i had my own issue as a kid i you know as a kid but when i was like 27 i had a, a level three sarcoma and there was a certain ver- there was a version of me before the cancer and then after the cancer and i had limiting beliefs but once i survived it i'm 56 uh i, I went through this kind of crucible moment where i realized I had these limiting beliefs. I didn't want to travel. And after the cancer, I went to Japan. I lived in Japan for two years. I I wouldn't get on the mic. I wouldn't be in front of people. I wouldn't do present my own music. I wouldn't do what I'm doing now. So what I found is like, if I, if I can survive something like that, I cannot be fearful and get out of my own way. So I think a lot of times people have to find that, that point. There's like a lot of people you never know where that point is for an individual person, but you're, you, when something's not working, you have to resolve it. And what the cool thing that you found is that you don't have to use 
you know, pharmaceutical, it can be spiritual. Like I'm a Buddhist. I practice chanting. I, I practice, you know, like, uh, like holistic medicine. A lot of different, there's a lot of legs to it. Usually mm -hmm. it's not just one thing. It's not some kind of no. miracle diet. It's yes. going to solve it. It's not some miracle pill that's going to solve it. It's not some guru. It's going to solve it. It's like, it's the whole thing. It's the body, the heart, the mind, the soul, the spirit connected to the microcosm and the macrocosm. But, you know, I let you, I let you kind of talk about your, your experiences. But one thing I think is really interesting is I think I can understand being an African-American in America, I can understand the kind of immigrant um, perspective because even within the U S we're kind of in our own kind of situation. Um, and my wife is from Barbados. I married mm -hmm. a woman from the West Indies. So I understand from her perspective, but also being in a minority group that sometimes when you're not in that majority, um, you, you can understand about isolation, lack of belonging, discrimination. So maybe you can talk about your, your immigrant perspective that, you know, for dealing with uh, those issues of lack of belonging, things like that. Oh, yeah. So when I first came uh, and you said um, you talk about fear and I love the quotes by Yoda. I had them all over the house and says, train yourself to let go of everything you fear to lose. Because once you you let go of the fear, you realize what is the worst that could happen. Right. And that's what I tell my clients. What is the worst that can happen when you have that anxiety? What is the yeah. worst? And so let's deal with that. So the worst that can happen is death. So what? That's not the end, right? So it's just really <laughs> letting go. But the ego yeah, the end, so. is always, the, yeah, the ego is always like in your mind, you know, because the ego's biggest fear is to die. So it's always in your mind putting that fear of things to you. But you just want, I think once you let go of that fear, you can be free to really live a truly fulfilling life. And I mean, your perspective, right? You dealt with death. So, and now you're, look, I think it's everybody that I talked to that had a, an awakening, right? Had to deal with either death or hit rock bottom like me, or it had to be something really crucial to, to for you to turn around, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. A I mean, failure. I think it's like yeah, I mean it's that it's that crucible moment, and everybody has a different moment. It's different degrees. Mm -hmm. You know, I've talked to people that have been in abusive relationships, people who have like critical illnesses, people who have been you know injured, um, all kinds of issues that that come up. You know, psychological abuse, physical abuse. There's all kinds of things that happen, and it's kind of when you get to that moment uh, where you, it, 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 I think a lot of times people have a fear, and then they have you know uh, limiting beliefs. And then they also have like this idea of perfection. So I find it with a lot of people who are creative is like, there's all this stuff they don't show people mm -hmm. because they feel it's not perfect. But what I find as a producer, when I deal with somebody is like, the, I asked, I tell them the first thing I tell them is like, I want to hear the song that you're scared to show anybody because I feel that that is really you. That is probably the biggest, the, the most accurate representation of what you're able to do. And that's why you're scared of it. And when you can draw that out of somebody, you can actually start to to really self-actualize. They, they, they can become who they, they should be, um, yes. at least as an artist. You know, a lot of times yes. people are scared of that. 
And I think it applies even to non-artists because it's like those things are the things that make you like, uh, you know, the authentic. It makes you why you're, you're, you're here. It's that's your, that's you. But a lot of people want to clone other people or they want to compare themselves to other people and they don't, they're not satisfied with who they are. Yes, I totally agree. And I think a lot of women like me, like I was always, you know, as a child and I'm, I don't judge my parents. They, nobody knows how to parent. There's no manual, right? They, they, <laughs> they did the best what they could with what they had. But for example, my mother, I remember very clearly when I was six years old and we're sitting there and we're doing uh, homework and she's like, oh, you're just not smart enough. And that stuck with me. And for me to write this book was such a release of limiting belief because I used to think I want to write a book, but I used to think I was not as smart enough. Well, guess what? Mm -hmm. I wrote a book and it's a pretty damn good book. You know what I mean? So to release that limiting belief was such a powerful thing for me because I think women, we are thought to be meek and to just stay behind the man and not to shine too much, not to talk too loud. At least how, that's how I grew up, right? And my family, mm -hmm. my family, they're a very uh, traditional yes. Catholic family. Like the women supposed to, to, you know, help the man shine, but you don't shine. You will help your man mm -hmm. shine. Well, we can both shine, you know? So coming to the United States as an immigrant, you know, I wanted, I wanted to escape Brazil. I want to escape the mentality that I could not. My parents were like, girls riding, being a horse trainer, are you crazy? Well, I wanted to do that. <laughs> I, so I packed my bags and I left and with $600 in my pocket. And I called a bunch of people, see if I can do um, an internship. Like I work, I work for free, you know, if you teach me. And I landed this place and it was the owners of the ranch were going through a divorce. Several things happened to me when I was there, but uh, end up that I was, they were, they were, they were, they made me their little, all I did is put horses on this walker machine, saddle on saddle. So I wasn't like really learning anything and I, I was taking, yeah. And I was all constantly fearful because I didn't speak the language and I was always getting in trouble because I didn't understand. And it was a very traumatic, traumatic time in my life. And there was some abuse that went on. And, um, so yeah, that change, things for me, right? It's my first experience as, as an adult out of the house. And now I'm dealing with, with this reality that I'm a woman, I am a beautiful young girl, and I'm getting attention, the wrong type of attention from men that I'm not seeking. And mm -hmm. um, that was really hard, you know, because I didn't want to be objectified as a woman, I wanted to just make I want to do something good with my life and I wanted to be a horse trainer. So that didn't turn out to be what I hoped for. So I went on to, with the help of a friend to get another career, became a flight attendant and start traveling. And that kind of helped me, even though it was a job where you always gone, right. It helped me feel, uh, empower me a little bit because I was you able to. <clears throat> 
Yes. You felt more independent there. You started to get <clears throat> kind of what you came to America for, from what I can tell. Yes. Is you're kind of looking for the idea that, you know, in America, women can be empowered. They can be executives. They can have their own way. They can, yes. you know, and the flight attendant in the 60s was this kind of representation of a, of a free woman who doesn't have to be tied down and she could be independent. She could have her own apartment. She didn't have to be married. She could she could live her own life. She could travel. She could get life experience around the world, meet people, and kind of go from there, right? So that was that what what that kind of brought for you? Gave you a little bit more control? Yes, yes. And I I and now I can support myself. You know, like financially, I like you said, I can have my own apartment. I can buy my own car, right? I I I feel like wow, I can do this. So my I can be on my own. But it's still in the back of my mind because of these childhood beliefs. I felt like I need a savior, and that's when mm. the relationships came in, right? Because you're you're falling into this pattern where you need you need a man to be your savior, and so yeah. you get married for the wrong reasons for to the wrong type of person. And anyway, 13 years later, I have two children and get divorced, and that's when it's just I just hit rock bottom you know just got really depressed because i felt like i was um i wasn't i was unhappy but i was now making my children unhappy and it was no i didn't have any family and it was all on me and financially it was really hard to support myself and my salary and two children so it was just a really hard timing but you know like i said i lived in those 10 years kind of like a zombie on medication and then I have the spiritual awakening. Now I'm, I'm the happiest I've ever been. I take no medication. I wrote a book. I help people overcome hardships. And because I wanted to pay forward, I wanted to do what my coach did for me or my therapist did for me. I, I felt like I want to provide that for people, you know, the enlightenment that you are enough. Everything you need is within you don't need anything from the outward to be out that's out there to be happy. You don't need a relationship. You don't need, you know, money. Yes, you need money, but it really is an illusion. You yeah. You know, well, it depends on what if you build things up. Like if you go and you make your goals that you feel like you're failing all the time instead of like making realistic incremental capabilities like so a lot of times to me like when I, I i beat the cancer it's like every day i wake up is i win but some people like unless they're making a million dollars they're they're not winning mm -hmm. like if you change your goals like every day that i'm alive and i can make like one step forward i'm winning but some people would say well i gotta make a hundred steps in one day well that might not be realistic right so if you start to find things that you can make micro victories then you don't get depressed because it's like realistic of what you can do. And not that you can't start to up it as you get more confident. Yes. As you get more confident, maybe you can win three or four things that you can win that day. There you go. But it's like you can you can control that. You don't have to compare that. It doesn't have to be comparable to anybody else. It's like what you're trying to do for yourself. And I think that is the thing that people, like keeping up with the Joneses isn't winning, right? Yeah actualizing to be who you can be is how you win. When you finally are happy every day, when you wake up, you're happy with what your life is doing. And you found out that you can be happy, that you can reprogram yourself to do what you want and do what makes you, you know, 
feel like you're alive. I think that is is the goal, and it doesn't always have to be winning the lottery. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you know, they you hear people that win the lottery, they end up like most people. They end up losing everything because you lose it right away. <laughs> yeah, because they they put their happiness in that money. What's not? You have to find out because you don't need it. Like people win the lottery, they're gonna buy all these things. Oh, because all those things gonna make me happy, right? And I've been there, you know, I've been there when you have no money, like, and you, you think, gosh, if I could just, you know, not have to struggle so much, but with my relationship with money, but I had to realize that everything really that I needed, it was, I have it. And you, one of the things that I do every morning is practice gratitude. When you practice gratitude and you do it every day and you're talking about mm -hmm. The power of small changes. It's like you you do very you don't have if you do a big jump, then it's it's uh it's really hard because then you don't do it again. It's kind of like going to the gym. If you go to the gym and you work out really hard, the next day you're sore, right? And then you won't go that day. Yeah. The, the, yeah. the, the, the trick is go every day and do little bit, little bits like 10 minutes, 10 minute increments. Yeah. Same thing with changing habits and uh, so you, every day you do a little bit. So you start by practicing gratitude every morning. Right. And sometimes you, I used to, when my coach used to tell me that I was like, really? Cause I don't feel like I'm grateful today, but then I'm like, no, I'm going to find something that I'm grateful for. And there's always something to be grateful for. For example, a person that doesn't like, doesn't have their health. I bet they would be grateful if they could get their health back. Right. Because you ask a billionaire, what he wants in life, he's going to give you a hundred things that he wants. But if you ask a person that doesn't have their health, what they want in life, most yeah, be healthy. Yeah. one thing <laughs> is their health, right? You ask somebody who lost a child, what they want in life, they would give everything to have that child back. It's all about perspective. Definitely. Yeah. And spirituality is really important because a lot of times and people have been kind of programmed <clears throat> in the West to kind of, you know, the mantra is, is the money, is the Wall mm -hmm. Street thing, is my investment, my Bitcoin, my whatever, my crypto. Like it got like you're 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 losing if you're not doing that. Mm -hmm. And then people forget about like, you know, the value of being, you know, not not everybody's gonna be that millionaire. Not everybody's gonna have that portfolio. So is that how you measure people? Do you think people are losers because they don't have this X amount? Like, or do you feel like Somebody like my grandpa used to say, he's a coal miner, like you should be um, grateful for that, for the work you have. Like when you, when I was going into mine, I was happy that I had the job. Mm -hmm. Right. And then I, I kind of took the skill set. My grandpa took the skill set from the mine. He built his own house. He learned how to do the electric, the wires. He, he didn't even have like a high school education, but he took that job instead of hating it. He to learn, learn all the things he learned from it. He used to, build his house, to build his ability to work on cars, to do this thing, you know, play a banjo. He just became somebody who's like, why can't I do this? And then he learned how to do things. And so he's like, so you want somebody could just look at that job and say, well, that's a really low end job. But like all, all labor is, uh, you know, something you should be proud of. You know, I think that's where some people kind of have this down, down, downward look on things and you have to kind of not, not do that. Because then you don't accept, <laughs> so, so, you know, that, that you could be happy, you know, without 
always looking for something else. That's the thing, Keith. There's people, once you have, once you learn about spirituality and you go deep into it, like I have, you learn that you and I and everybody else on this earth, we're no different. We're all particles of God. We're all here in a journey. And you start seeing everybody as equal. And that is an amazing thing to be able to feel that way about everyone. Everyone is dealing with something, you know, but it's their journey. And, and so that's why I want to be able to help everyone. That's what I wrote this book. Cause I want to be able to help everyone to know that it doesn't matter where you are in your journey. You matter. You are just as important as a billionaire or, you know, even more important. So people, yes, people have this idea and you said it right here in the West that money is just people like, you know, they talk different to someone that they, that has money than they will talk to any other people. Right. Why, why is that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, a lot of times is they don't value individual humanity, right? So if you, the way I look at it, some people, like you said, you, you didn't feel that you could be an author because you felt like an author was like, they must have this, like they must have this special thing. And what I try to look at people, and I say every human being is creative. And when you deal with a lot of artists, it's like sometimes people feel like, well, I can't be an artist unless I can play as well as like Hendrix or Jimmy Page or, or Prince. Or, like, But you don't have to be that level to express yourself. The same thing with an author. You don't have to be Stephen King to be an author, right? Mm -hmm. You don't have to get in the TV. You don't have to be Oprah. Like you could, you could just start where you are and it's okay, but you have to start somewhere and you have to bring what's inside out. A lot of people have that fear of not being perfect or not being like the other person. So they don't even try where I think in the world today, if you put something out here, you'll find that there's an audience. And, and that's what people, you know, there's so many people that don't even take that step to go do. I've talked to people like, oh, I'm going to do a podcast. I've talked to all these people and I've been doing a podcast since 2016. There's a guy I know who's a friend keeps on saying he's going to do it. He never did it because he's like too scared. Like, well, I got to have a perfect mic. I got a perfect camera. I got to have a perfect this, perfect that. Like then he never does it. Yeah. Like, well, if you, if you, if you, like the first day you do it, you're probably going to make a mistake. But if you're scared of making that mistake, then you're never going to do it. <laughs> so you have to kind of get over that. <laughs> yes. And and you, you're so right, because I had, um, I did my first podcast and then I was watching and I was listening to myself and I was really very critical about the the way I was talking. Like I kept saying, you know, you know, a lot. And I was talking to my husband about that. And he's like, most people take a hundred times to get really good because you had to start somewhere and practice. All it is, is practice. Do you think Jimi yeah. Hendrix was born playing that way? No, it took practice. You think Oprah got to where she is to be able to speak? No, she starts from the beginning just like everybody else, you know, and you got to start somewhere. Yeah. Some people have feel more comfortable in front of the camera or, you know, and some don't, but, but it doesn't mean that 
I cannot be just as good and I don't want to be Oprah. I want to resonate with people that are going to take my message and apply to their lives. I want to be Karina. I want to be the best Karina I can be. You know, I want to yeah, help that, the people yeah. that are, and who am I going to help? People who resonate with me, who, who people, I, I can hold space for people who are going through a divorce, who are thinking about getting into, into medication or get want to get off medication, want to use crutches, have childhood trauma, because that's what I know. That's what I've been through. So that makes me an expert on that because I know how much pain, how painful can be to be in that situation, to be divorced with two children, no money, you know, feeling like the world ended. And if you die, it would be best for everyone. I know how I feel. So I can hold space for people like that. Can I hold space for somebody who were a billionaire and uh, lost all their money? No, because I've never been a billionaire. I don't know how it feels like. I mean, I could understand a little bit and study and try to help, you know, but I don't understand because yeah. I have not lived that. And so we all have our unique experiences that make us, us special because we are all here trying to do the best we can, you know, every single one of us. And also, you know, we're talking about there's a lot of generational trauma, too, that came from our ancestors. You know, I also my grandfather was a Brazilian African man. And so, you know, there is that part of my family and there was a lot of trauma, ancestral trauma there, you know, that deal with he married a white woman. And that was really hard on the family, uh, both parts, because they didn't, you know, back then it was non the norm, you know. So there's a lot of trauma there. It's just like, and then the families, they, they don't get along because it's just a whole thing. And so all that yeah. generation drama stays in our DNA and then the children. So once we heal that, then we heal that past traumas. We don't let go on to our children. So that's why it's so important for us to heal our traumas. And here are un ancestry traumas. So uh, we don't let our kids deal with all the pain that comes from, from you know, the, tr the trauma that we dealt with and the trauma that our ancestors dealt with. Well, I think that's the, the importance of storytelling and also the importance of, um, you know, uh, when you actually analyze your life story, right? And so this is what makes you uniquely qualified to be out as a creator it be out as a coach because I think what people are looking for today after talking to like hundreds of coaches is they want to hear the authentic story of somebody that's gone through something. So a lot of life coaches today are people who've actually gone through it and then have learned to, how, to tap into the creativity that every human being has and tell their story and find a way to empathize with other people and then become a teacher. Because then what they are able to do is when you're in that position, you take the things that happen to you and then you're empathetic to the things that happen to somebody else. And then you give people life lessons or options or strategies on how to overcome their own issues. And then you have uniquely, you know, unique skills that you went through something, you can see the parallels. So you mm -hmm. can find empathy. Maybe it's not exactly the same thing, but you can understand it. And, you know, it qualifies you as much as any, you know, therapist who has a license or a doctor, because sometimes 
their 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 their, the weight of all their certifications doesn't cut to the core of the human experience because sometimes they've lost touch with humanity and how to communicate and i think what happens today is now that people have these life coaches they feel like i feel they feel they can talk to somebody in the oral tradition of human beings is when you talk you can solve problems right and so if you can talk to somebody that has a empathetic ear and has gone through something maybe not exactly what you went through but understand that you can have a better pathway to like reprogramming or changing your life, at least from what I've seen. Yes, no, totally right. And sometimes something will be right in front of your nose, but you cannot see it because you're so wrapped up in your home world. And you give, you get an outsider that knows what looks for and can help you pinpoint, okay, well, let's do it that way then, you know, let's go this route or, there's uh, so many ways you can do, and there's so many modalities, and I, I try to study them all. And, you know, I fill my toolbox with lots of little information that I can use f- to all kinds of different situations, you know. Like right now I'm reading uh, this book by Byron Katie, and she's uh, incredible, has a kind of story like mine, you know, hit rock bottom. She was really depressed, and actually I heard a podcast from her. She was li- sleeping on the floor of her bedroom because she didn't feel like she was worthy to sleep on the bed and that coach a a roach touched her foot and that's when she was like you know like had this awakening and saw this whole different look outlook on life and anyway it's a story but she's such an amazing um person so it's like i love learning from people from all these and it's normally women i don't know why yeah, Actually, I, I do think know, but let's more. not go into, let's not go through <laughs> well. that. <laughs> but uh, all these different women, who um, you know, and and is exactly what they're not they're not doctors, they're not you know psychiatrists. They're what I call true healers, because I, I think what medicine got away from is being healers. You know, mm-hmm. it's like they're they're following a protocol. Okay, if you have these symptoms, the this is the medication that I'm gonna give you because that's what's written on their protocol. And I can tell you the history of how that began from the Rockefellers in the beginning of medical schools, yeah. and and it's all it will yeah. make you sick. But I'm I don't want to <laughs> get in too much into that either. But people need to know that they have to question. They have, you are in charge of your life, of your health, and of your own happiness. You know, everything you need is within. And coaches, yes. That's why you help, if you look at, yeah. Coaches help yeah, you I find mean, I that think the coaches, Yeah, but I think it also, if you think about the history of like, uh, you know, humanity, a lot of indigenous cultures had like a divine feminine, had this more female-centered perspective, and it was more close to, you know, Gaia. It's close to like the truth and actually revealing the truth and not hiding it and not trying to control it, which men tend to try to control things, be very stoic and not be emotional and not connect with emotions and not understand. Think it's like, you know, it's better to hide it. It's better to put it away. It's better Mm -hmm. to not deal with it where the feminine tends to be more, you know, when when we think about creativity, it always tends to come from like, this kind of female centered point of view. Like a lot of times where when I deal with like 
artists who are men, they, they are tapping into the kind of feminine side to be able to create that, 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 you know, writers and people, people I deal in the creative space. We don't just talk sports. We talk deeper things that are things that typically men don't want to talk about. If I talk to somebody that's a non-creator, they won't even go there. They won't even mm -hmm. think about going there. And so you can't really have a conversation that's as wide ranging as when you talk to a, a woman. And so what I find that the, uh, that's very important for women to understand that you actually need to have that kind of divine feminine or the understanding of, of that perspective where you're not so stoic, you're not so tied to logic that you are willing to look into mysticism and spiritualism and other things that are important. Exactly. And I think that, um, I see a lot of men now are adapting to, you know, like trying to get in touch with their feminine side and their, um, but, you know, they need to realize that there's some healing that needs to be done for you to fully connect to the feminine side. But men are coming in more and more. You know, the more that I, I go to a lot of spiritual retreats and I see it will be like 20 women and three men. But, hey, it's three men. They're there. Yeah, you know, they're putting they're themselves coming. out there. So I love so, that. I'm amazing. I'm always like, oh, thank you for being here and bringing this this masculine energy but women need to know that it's okay to be the goddess that we're meant to be the healers and the you know the, the this divine feminine that it was put in here to heal humanity and they need to not be afraid of you know like i i was talking to a friend about my book and she said why well, I, I don't know if i should read your book because i love jesus I said, well, I love Jesus too. <laughs> they have this misconception that if we're they spiritual, can't. you know, they I can't feel like, do that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I believe that Jesus was a great man. He came over here to be, a, to teach us to be leaders, not followers. That he was married to Mary Magdalene. He was totally in touch with his feminine side. And, you know, so I have a lot of beliefs. So I, I feel like, Jesus is an ascended master and I, I love him, you know, but I don't see him as the same way as you do as she, she does, but it, that's okay. And that's yeah. the thing we have to, once you, once you understand that we're all the same, you learn to respect everybody points of view. Every, and it's, a, you believe what you believe. I believe what you, I believe, but let's just love each other and accept each other, you know, and that's what's missing. We, we have to understand that we're all equals and there we have to stop this division that's been created to control society. It is, we they're trying to keep us plugged into the matrix and we got to understand that unless we break that mode, you know, we, we're never going to be able to fully raise our vibration and evolve as, um, as you know, this, to the net to the fifth dimension and that's what we should strive for to evolve to get out of this 3d you know to believe all these things that have been fed to us all these dogmas and and things yeah. that are do not serve our highest self but there's a lot of balance yeah there's a lot of balance of power structures that are based on some of the you know the core religions you know being a history into history a lot of the religions are responsible for most of the wars and because of a balance of power and about you know, kind of classism 
structure, regardless of the religion. It was kind of like, well, it could put this part, this group against this group, and then I'm kind of puppet master running around, and like, well, who's really controlling things? Yes. Right. So it's a matter of of having a more open mind. But if you can, if you get into the mindset that there's only one way, that tends to be the the, the root that causes all the war. It's like when you're in the spirituality, whatever spirituality it is, but you think that's the only way. Yes. Then you get closed to the whole experience. It's like everything is very expansive. I can take yeah. stuff from Hindu culture, from the Muslim culture, from Buddhist culture, from Christian culture, see the parallels and you study. Like if you study religion, you study all the religions. Yes. You don't see one way is the only way. You start seeing the parallels with all of them because all human beings become up some similar stories, similar yes. concepts, similar, you know, uh, you know, core people. And there are people, human beings that had brilliant ideas. Like, oh, why don't you love each other? Why don't you respect each other? Why don't you believe in the law of cause and effect? You find these people that like had these, you know, these magical moments. It's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't kill another person. Maybe I should love them. <laughs> it's like, it's like, well, that's a radical idea. It's like, yeah, well, you know, that is going to be radical because it goes against, you know, what the balance of power wants to have you kind of fighting and not look at, well, who's really running the show? Well, you're going after person A. I'm getting all the money from both of you. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, so it's like, why don't, why don't you look at what's going on? <laughs> and it's all marketing that's been fed into us. And that's why people believe her. The mind is very subjective. Okay. And that's why from one to seven years old, when you like you're watching everything that your parents are doing and saying to you, and that's why it sticks and then stays in your subconscious. And that's how you react to things. And that's why you have to go into the subconscious mind to heal all the the trauma and these, these dogmas that have been fed to you. But um, I don't watch the news. I don't watch TV, anything that has fighting on aggressive or anything, because I don't let my mind get polluted with all this stuff. Mm. See, but people, they watch this, they watch so much. They start to believe that it's real, that all these things, like what if we, the left wing and the right wing were both parts of the same bird, right? Yeah, and we can we all <laughs> work <actually>. together <laughs> to to make the bird fly. So it's like, what a concept. But so I don't let myself get polluted, my mind get polluted with anything that is, you know, anymore. So, and, but people still do, right. They, I, I, I have people that I know and that's all they can talk about what's going on with politics and stuff. And I'm like, I, I don't want to hear, I tell my friends, if you know that the world's coming to an end where there's a volcano erupt and I need to, to leave town, please let me know because I'm not going to hear from the news. <laughs> so keep in touch and let me know if something major is going on. If I like, if I shouldn't eat peanut butter because it's uh, has E. coli or something like that, because I really don't, yeah, yeah. I don't watch anything on TV anymore. I just, I, I feed my mind with the only good stuff with knowledge that I can use to help my clients with knowledge that can raise my, my, level of knowledge that will bring me closer to my evolution, you know, to make me evolve. So, and I think one of the things that I say in my book, that's one of my, I tell people, I tell people to do, don't, don't get caught up on the, what the matrix feeding you. Don't believe everything they're feeding you. You know, they're feeding you for a reason. 
I mean, it's all marketing. You're talking about, for example, Constantine, when he created the Bible, he was a great marketer. You know, the way yeah. he did the, the canon, the Bible canon, you know, he took what he, he put in there exactly what he needed to control society at the time. Well, that tends you know? to be the, the trick. You know, that's what happens because if you look at, you know, at behaviors, you know, you start to say, well, why is this person chosen over this person? Why is this person like, this is the only way. And it tends to be because of like, you know, the, the nature of, of, of um, people wanting to belong, right? So if people want to belong, they'll try to get part of something and they'll try to push down their individuality. And mm -hmm. that's kind of like, they think the one thing we have as human beings is your individuality. But when you, when you get pushed down, and then you don't actually, then you don't actualize and you let other people control who you're going to be. Like women will get put into a position because this canon says you're supposed to serve. Yes. So then people in that canon like won't let you out of it. Yes. Well, they, they look at people like me and say, well, you're, you know, the children of Cain, so you're not supposed to, you don't deserve this. So then mm -hmm. there's a whole thing. Like you get structured and then it's like, well, how do you break out of that? Well, you have to question and, and like, why do you have a brain? Because it's designed to get you out of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> so if you, if you were out there in the wilderness, you're supposed to use your brain to get out of danger. Well, these mental dangers that you see in the media are just as real and actually are triggering people like the wolf, right? People are getting triggered like a saber tooth or a wolf is after them from just yes. listening or watching something. Yes, because it's actually triggering their their adrenal response. And yes, exactly because <laughs> yes, because we were um, on when we were cavemen, right? We had that that was a protection that we had that fear because you know if the the tiger was by the river, you always had to be aware, right? You know you couldn't go get water because you're going to be eaten, right? So you had that that response. Well, yeah, if I, you can have that response if a bear is chasing you in the woods but we don't need that response on our everyday life but we're still like letting that that fear take fear. over yeah, you know and we, we no longer need that fear because most of the time we're not gonna have a bear chasing over us right yeah but what happens is the bear gets transformed into this group of person or this person or this woman or this man or this this right and then suddenly they are the fear or yes. what they're saying is the fear and then you and go separate instead of pulling together. Humanity is kind of designed to be social and pull together. And so in the most advanced societies, you get, you know, these great libraries, you get these great monuments, you get these great structures. And then what happens? They all get torn down because of dysfunction. They get blown mm -hmm. away. But we have moments of brilliance when we come together. And then we have moments of dis dissonance when we come break apart. So the mm -hmm. goal would be like, well, you got to stay away from the dissonance that pulls you apart. <laughs> exactly. No, you're exactly right. You, you're, you said it all there and it's so true. Um, but yeah, they, they put these ideas in your head, right? That you're supposed to like fear, have all these fears and watch out for the, all these things. And, and you really shouldn't, be like that we should like you said we should all come together and work together 
you know, for our highest good. And that's the only way when we realize that is the only way we're going to be able to evolve as society. You know, until then, we're just going to be plugged in to this matrix that just feed us fear and all these things like you. I mean, look at a TV, everything that they say, you need medication, you need this car, you need a bigger house, you need a better this, you need this better. It's all selling stuff. Well, it's a bunch of noise. And one of the things that you know, if, you, if you're a creative person, what we find is, you know, I have to have quiet. I'm here in my in my studio mm-hmm. and I disconnect from the world and I jump on my piano or I jump on my guitar or my bass and I'm not listening to the noise. Because how am I going to create if I'm listening to all this noise? I have to actually have quiet moments. And I've talked to authors and painters and they say like, the ideas come when I get to a quiet space and I kind of just, I kind of like meditate and I kind of get into this thing and I let the universe or the muse talk to me. Yes. But you have to be willing to hear it. Yes. But a lot of times people are getting so much noise. They can't be creative because they're getting too many preconceived ideas being forced in their head. So they can't exactly. come up with their own ideas. And the only yes, way to come up with like their own is to separate from it. <laughs> like yeah, because I like I told you, the mind is so subjective, you know, and, and you're exactly right. In the morning, I go, I have this little courtyard in my back and I go over there and I get in completely silence. I don't take my phone because that phone is like another black hole, right? That you get yourself in. And so um, I go in there and I, I, I practice my gratitude and I meditate and that's when I receive all my downloads. It's amazing. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't forget this. You know, like I do this to myself. Like, I, can't forget. I don't have anything. Like, I need to get in the habit of taking my journal out there because that's when I receive yeah, a voice journal. Yeah, you can voice journal. Like, a lot of times with the artists, what we do is like, I use a voice journal. Uh-huh. I actually have like a, a pad of paper uh-huh. uh, and, I, and I can actually write it down. And then they have recorders. So, yeah. in my studio, I do a lot of what I call stream of consciousness to kind of let the universe tell me. Instead yeah. of trying to go on a piece of paper and bar it out or write it out, yeah. I just got on, on a on a multi-track recorder, and I just go on my piano and I just play for like an hour. Uh-huh. What I find is after I listen to the hour, I got all these gems that kind of came from just being willing to trust myself and free flow talk to the universe, which means exactly. I'm in the microcosm and the macrocosm, and it's crossing bef- between both. Yes. And whatever is in my subconscious comes out and I don't try to prejudge it. I let it happen. Yes. And, and and you find that like, as you get to be an artist, you work harder. A lot of us, if you, if you talk to a lot of great artists, they say, yeah. you know, a lot of my work actually came from that. Yes. A lot of authors, painters, musicians, they, they, they come from this kind of stream of consciousness flow state. Yes. And, and that's uh, how I, when I wrote, I wrote when I wrote my book, same thing. I would go and I get those downloads and I would use my voice recorder and I'll go uh, and I, I, you know, if I was driving or something and I, I like to drive, like I like to be really quiet and just enjoy the, the view, you know, and I would get these downloads and I would just use my voice recorder and then then I would come home and I would elaborate on. But I got a lot of the downloads when I was in my own stillness. And that's what I tell my clients. Take time for yourself to be and you know, you play the piano. Some people just need to, yeah, listen to, to 963 Hertz, right? The, the sof- yeah. sophagia or, 
or just be in nature. Like for me is nature, like sitting, hugging a tree or like putting my, <laughs> yeah. feeling the, the presence of God, Mother Gaia, you know, in my life and just yeah. practicing gratitude because it is an amazing, this living, breathing earth that we live in. It's amazing. Give us everything that we need and we treat it so badly. So I always go and I honor her and I ask for forgiveness and I, for everybody that's been hurting her, and I, I thank her for everything that I have, you know, because it gives me everything that I need to survive. And even and what, your yeah. body, talking to your body, your body is an amazing vessel that carries your mm -hmm. soul, your eternal divine soul. When people can see themselves as eternal divine soul, they would... It would be so powerful, you know, because you are, you're an amazing divine soul who's been, is never going to, it has no beginning and no end. It's always going to be just like God, you know? I find people who, who actualize, like get to this point where they're like, they're like great. You know, when you see them, like they draw energy. It's like the law of attraction. You get these people that kind of, they're comfortable in their own skin, right? They, they're more than comfortable to kind of radiate and they draw people to them right and they mm -hmm. become that like that first person that's like how did they get like that well because it's not arrogance to believe in yourself it's not arrogance mm -hmm. to be willing to be in that flow state yes. it's kind of like you know if you if you get into like you know nature is the cathedral like a great you know victorian poet said if you go out in nature and you accept it and you receive it and you don't think you're better than it then mm -hmm. things come to you you get in this state and the, the Victorian poets used to think like if you go and the, the nature is the cathedral, then you, all this great muse work comes to you because you receive it like the download. That's, that's how it happens because you're willing to accept it, that yes. there's something greater than you, but you're part of that and you can tap into it. Yes. You have a right to tap into it. When you do, it's not arrogance to believe in that and to believe in yourself. And exactly. some people make the mistake. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm arrogant if I go put this out in the world. Like, no, you put it out in the world because you believe yes. in the flow state. And you believe you should share it. And why shouldn't you share it? Why shouldn't you feel good about yourself? Would you think that the universe, this amazing creation, doesn't want that for you? I mean, like there's, you know, why shouldn't you? Give me one good reason why you should not. Be the best you can be. You should shine your light. One good reason. Right? Uh, limiting belief is the only reason. Yeah. <laughs> There's no definitely no arrogance in being your full self, you know, and putting yourself out there. But I used to have that belief too. You know, I used to be like I I always felt like who am I to post these videos? Who am I to 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 write this book, right? And then, so once I let go of the limiting belief, now I believe, no. And I get those feedbacks from the videos that I post. People go, oh my gosh, I love this one. It really resonated with me. And it's like, okay, that's why I do it. Because yeah. I'm helping okay. someone have a better day with one little one minute video that I post of a download that I received sitting outside of my courtyard and said, go talk about this, you know, go talk about, like today I talked about failure, you know, like. Failure is a great teacher, you know, when you fail, like people get embarrassed, but it's like, no, it's like, that's what you learn. You know, when you 
really practice vulnerability and you're like, okay, so what can I do better the next time? It's much, it's a better teacher than acing every time. Yeah. You know, I mean, and that's, if you're a creative person, you get where you are because of your so-called failures. I call them like happy accidents. <laughs> yes. Learning so curves, like, learning curves. Yeah. Cause I mean, if you think about it as a musician, I mean, I have got thousands of tracks mm-hmm. and maybe only hundreds, hundreds of them are out. Uh-huh. And, you know, out of the hundreds they're out, they're like maybe, you know, 10 that are doing well. Yes. If you look at that, so you go, oh, that's a total failure. It's like, th- that's not the way to look at it. No. Because you look at it, it's like every piece of work is a step on the rung to get where I want to be and, and, and kind of pushes it. It's like, you know, so there's no like wrong note in music. The, yeah. Like the, the notes that get you to the next note. They get you to the next chord. They get you to the next melody. They get you to the next, you know, uh, song. And it's all yeah. part of that 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 journey to get to that next next piece of work. And it's all kind of radiating in and out of the your inner self, your outer self, the microcosm, the macrocosm, and all these yes. notes already exist in nature. You just tap it into them and figure out how to express yourself like a bird. And yes. so that's, that's, that, what, what could be wrong about that? The bird sings different every day. Maybe it sounds the same, but it's a little different. That's how songs are. That's the way it is. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> yeah. And you said something right, you know, the journey. It, the, the journey, it's full of ups and downs and left and right turns and learning curves. And it's beautiful, you know, because we don't know what we don't know. And nobody's born knowing everything. Our soul knows but this body, you know, the soul came over here to experience with this body a human life, right? So all these things are meant to happen. Nothing is just because everything is meant to happen. And once you look at things and love everything as it is, just take for it what it is, you know, and just then you start seeing things differently that... You know, you you give yourself grace, you forgive yourself, you let go of the past, because if you're living in the past and thinking about all the things that happened or could have happened or didn't happen, then you're not fully living the present. And that's a gift. The present is the only thing you have is the gift. You don't have tomorrow. You don't have yesterday. It doesn't belong to you. So quit going there. Live now, you know. Well, that's a beautiful point of view. And we'll, we'll end here because we actually hit our hour mark. But I want the people to know that you can click on your website, www.karina.life forward slash home one. That will be fully clickable when we're published. And I want to thank you for being a guest on the Fam Electric Ghost podcast. It's been really beneficial to me. Every time I talk to somebody, I feel like I'm getting a free therapy session myself. <laughs> And it's like, it's, it's, you know, if you think about the almost a thousand episodes, like a thousand hours of yes. talking to individual people that give you this perspective that to me is like, wow, it's like a campaign, like, like a, a free education. <laughs> and I'm so impressed with your knowledge about the cosmos and everything, the psychology of mind. I mean, I'm very impressed. So good for you. You're just very knowledgeable human being. Thank you. Thank you for putting on this podcast and having all this knowledge and sharing with the world. It's amazing. Well, it's the oral history of all the guests I've had that I'm retaining. Oh, so good. It's been, it's been it, it, you know, it's like that's the experience. That's why it's very important. You know, I find podcasting is a really good educational tool 
yes. for, your, for your own self-development because every time you go into one of these webinars or podcasts or talks, uh -huh. you know, if you're open your mind and you're willing to hear what the guest has to say, then you can leave as a better person. You know, as every day I talk yeah. to somebody, I get a different perspective and that's a, to me, it's, it, it is a benefit. So thank you yeah. again for being on the show. Thank and, you. Uh, appreciate it. Have a good night. You too. Bye. Well, he was amazing. Yes.